0: how to Be Fine listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com fine. Visit IXL.com fine to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Again, that's IXL.com fine. Imagine you're on a John Deere mower with a smooth ride, intuitive controls, and attachments for every season. You just have to get in the seat. Learn more at johndeerecom slash get in the seat or visit a dealer near you.
1: If you have t-shirts in your closet that you no longer wear, say all those concert t-shirts you bought from seeing Dolly and Cher a billion times. Like
0: we have. Mm-hmm.
1: And you can't get rid of those t-shirts. Here's what you do with them. You send them to Project Repat and have them turned into a cozy t-shirt blanket. I want a t-shirt blanket just made out of our concert shirts, Stolenta. And- it would be the most beautiful diva-covered blanket. To find out more and place your order today, go to projectrepat.com and use the code BTB for 25% off. Lisa is on a mission to give your body the rest it needs with two awesome mattresses plus accessories and bases for a better place to sleep. They also believe in providing a better night's sleep for everybody, and to date, they've donated more than
0: 32,000 mattresses through more than 1,000 nonprofits. Get 15% off your entire order at lisa.com slash btb and use promo code btb. That's lees dot slash btb, promo code btb. The
1: following podcast contains barnyard language and some adult content. So maybe use headphones if you're
0: listening at work or around small children. Now here's the show. Hey Jalenta. Hey Kristen. It has been one week since we lived by the nine steps to financial freedom, and you know what that means. Uh why it's time for another Buy the Book mini episode. That's right. It's time for another "Buy the book epilogue. And this week, we're looking at the aftermath of living by the nine steps to financial freedom by Susie Orman.
1: And before we get to this week's responses, let's get to some housekeeping. First and foremost, a reminder that Kristen Meinzer's book, is available for pre-sale now. It is called So You Want to Start a Podcast by Kristen Meinzer. <laughs> buy it. Buy it everywhere.
0: Pre-sales are important. Jolenta. We want her to succeed. You are the best, Jolenta. Thank you. And second announcement, you can get my book as part of the ticket price when you see Buy the Book live in Brooklyn. Hada. You can join us on Friday, September 6th, at The Bell House for Buy the Book Live. Tickets are on sale now. You can grab those tickets at thebellhouseny.com. Again, that's thebellhouseny.com. And now, let's get to today's letters, shall we? And let's start out by hearing some
1: comments about wills and revocable living trusts. Oh, such a sexy subject. I know. I was like, first thing when I woke up, I need to talk about revocable living (laughs) trusts.
0: Becky says, regarding the newest episode, please do not fill out your advance directives, wills, etc. by trying to guess who will still be alive when you die (laughs) of old age. Fill them out as if you're going to die tomorrow. Review them annually. Update them as needed. You don't just fill out these forms once and then you're done forever and ever. No, you have to plan on it as if you're going to die now. Also... Please don't assign any legal responsibilities to someone who's a minor right now. Sincerely, a lawyer.
1: (laughs) Oh, I have learned so much just now. (laughs) Becky, thank you. I truly was like, well, done forever. (laughs) Bye-bye.
0: But now I'm like, hmm, a lawyer has said otherwise. Gotta update that. Update it and update it and update it. Choose somebody who is alive now. Okay, that's really good. I love that. That makes it a lot easier. Dean and I still haven't finished this yet.
1: Yeah. So... I will, That's I will helpful. not leave things to my dog anymore. <laughs> He's a minor. And on this same topic, we got this letter from Lisa. She says, My husband and I both lost our parents within a couple of years. My parents had not updated their life insurance since the 70s, so the policy was not even enough to cover the funeral. My husband's dad had decent life insurance through his job, but no one knew where his paperwork was or what his wishes were. We now hand out packets to family members, asking them to fill them out so everyone knows what to do in case anything happens. It makes
0: some people uncomfortable, but needs to be done. That is so smart. Oh, my gosh, yes. That is so smart. And you know what? That actually wouldn't make me feel uncomfortable. I would feel feel so taken care of. Yes, And, like, people really
1: cared about my wishes and stuff. I love that.
0: Yeah, that's a great idea, Lisa. All right. Moving on to the subject of retirement. Kate Mm. wrote this. I was so happy that Jolenta Greenberg opened a Roth IRA. <laughs> Jolenta, I'm very proud of you. That is one of the best financial moves you could have made.
1: Thank you, Kate. Yes. Thanks.
0: It is a great decision. I'm up, up now. <laughs> and I mean... I think a Roth IRA may have been the first kind of retirement fund I ever set up many, many, many <gasps> Yay, years ago. Yeah, I'm just like Kristen. <laughs> it's so easy. It's really, really easy. It was very painless, and you can take your money out if you need exactly. to. Exactly. Yeah, I love so it's that. very flexible. It's a good way to dip your toes in. I totally agree with Kate. That was a great decision.
1: Uh, Danielle has something to say to you, Kristen, about your company. She says, I need to know more about incorporation and how that lets you have a 401k and pension plan because my accountant came up with the SEP IRA instead. Maybe because I have an LLC and Kristen has a different incorporation type. Anything I should be reading here that I miss somehow?
0: Yes. I am not an LLC. I am an S-corp. And an S-corp is something that, based on what my accountant said, and I'm not an accountant myself, so I can't speak to everybody about this, but I'll just tell you what my accountant said. He said that in the long term, an S-corp is better for pretty much everything except real estate holdings or if you're an attorney yourself. Mm. Every other kind of company, he said, is probably best served – For tax purposes, for retirement purposes, for what you can do to help yourself, an S-corp is the way to go, he said. So that's – I mean, again, I'm sure some people will write in and correct me on this, but that's what he said. And a number of my friends also use my accountant.
1: I'm probably going to use her accountant. Yeah, I know. I just do whatever (laughs) she tells me to. On a lighter note, Kristen, we got one more comment for you from Miss Nicole. Nicole says, I feel like we're totally overlooking the fact that Kristen keeps toilet paper in her purse. I had to back up and make sure I heard that right.
0: Yes, Jolenta, you know this. She Everybody does. who knows me knows this. All I always the toilet paper. have toilet paper in there. Part of it's because I blow my nose so much and then, you know, I run out of Kleenex and the next time I'm in a public toilet, I just grab a whole ball of toilet you know paper. What can and, you solve know. this problem? A
1: handkerchief. I know you love your handkerchiefs. I said they're it before. More and I'll say it again. A handkerchief in the hand is better than a bundle of Kleenex in the bush. <laughs> I've never said that before, but I think you understand what I'm getting at.
0: I am grateful for the bunch of toilet paper I have, though, because every once in a while, I'm in a public toilet that does not have toilet paper, Ooh, and then that, I don't want to use. Then you
1: don't want to like, use your handkerchief. Yes,
0: no, because then I, what am I going to do with that? No, then no. you're like. That
1: handkerchief, like, goes to the heavens Yes, it does.
0: I never touch that handkerchief Um, again. (laughs) All right, enough about me and you, Jolenta. Shall we move on to some listener stories? Yes. Yes. All right. A lot of you guys wrote in with your vivid childhood money memories. And let's hear some of those memories, starting with people who feel their parents' hardships taught them how to be good with money themselves.
1: Mm. Andrea says, When I was 14, my dad lost his job. He was out of work for two years. We relied on savings and charity to keep our house, and my mom couponed like crazy so our savings would last. Going through that made me a
0: mega saver. Oh, Andrea, I'm sure you must be good at saving like crazy because two years without work, that's a really long time. That
1: must have been so hard for a family. Wow. Well, I'm so impressed.
0: Yeah, very impressed, and it's good that you were able to take something – Practical away from that? Totally. I I could learn some mega-saving tips, I am sure. (laughs) All right. Samantha shares this story. I remember when I was in middle school or high school, my mom was looking at our family budget, and she made the comment, I just don't know how I got us into so much debt. My mom was a stay-at-home mom and my dad the breadwinner, but she managed all the finances. I could hear how she felt solely responsible for our family's financial state. My dad was pretty clueless about money back then. My parents have since been able to pay off their debts and are comfortable, but... I'll never forget hearing the worry in her voice. As an adult, I've been very conscientious of all my debt. I worked all through college and paid off my student loans before I was 30. I use credit cards, but don't keep a revolving balance on them. I stopped renting and bought a house as soon as I could so I could gain equity. Thankfully, my husband feels the same as I do. We're both committed to paying off all our personal debt before we get married, with the exception of vehicle loans, which we view as joint assets.
1: So responsible. Wow. Yeah. It's just so incredible how much these money memories truly shape the adults we turn into. Yeah. Oh, It's fascinating. Lauren sent us this story. We were always walking a tightrope with money, sometimes putting things back at the grocery store because we didn't have enough for all the items or putting only X dollars in the gas tank because we couldn't afford a full tank. My mom worked very hard as a waitress and was a single mom, so I was also a latchkey kid. There were frequent moves. One time I went to a school, and during the day my mom had moved us into an entirely new place. We went from a house to a much smaller apartment. I was raised to be frugal and appreciate what we had. Now as an adult, I am more stable than I ever was growing up, and I sometimes feel guilty or disconnected from the life I came from. I'm also thinking about my own future children and wondering how I will raise them around money, material items, and stability. I think they will grow up so differently from how I was raised, and I wonder how much in common we will share. I didn't feel a lack of material items, although we had much less, as a burden. But I would like to give my children more stability and security than I experienced as a young child.
0: It sounds like you've really pulled it together, Lauren. And if your biggest concern is how much to give my kids because you have enough, I mean— That seems like a wonderful luxury to be at this point now. And I think just being
1: aware of what you want to avoid and, like, worrying about becoming that, like, probably means you won't become it.
0: Yeah. I think you're going to be fine, Lauren. We believe in you. I'm impressed by you, Lauren. All right. We're going to take a quick break. But when we're back, we're going to hear stories from listeners whose money memories have left them with, frankly, money anxieties and scars. Kendra Scott has the jewelry you've been looking for with high style, quality gifts at an affordable price. Like a personal
1: charm necklace, a pair of on-trend earrings, a classic pendant, or something customized just
0: for you. Kendra Scott has it all, and they even have a great selection of gifts for under $100. You know I love that.
1: It's true. I got a pair of their earrings for under $100. They're these little studs with Mother of Pearl in them. They look like I took
0: them off a witch, and I love them. And Jolenta, speaking as a non-witch, I love those earrings on you. They look great.
1: Ah, they're great for witches and non-witches alike.
0: Kendra Scott has free shipping and free returns and free gift wrapping. Use code
1: BUYTHEBOOK for 20% off your purchase of any full-price fashion jewelry at KendraScott.com or mention the code BUYTHEBOOK in any Kendra Scott store.
0: That's BUYTHEBOOK at KendraScott.com for 20% off your purchase. Valid until June 11, 2019. Jolenta, every breast is beautiful. But does every breast get the treatment it deserves from the bra it's wearing?
1: You know, I don't think every breast does. But that's why I love Third Love. Because they have more than 70 sizes, including their signature half-cup
0: sizes, because every breast deserves a cup just for it. Yes. And you know what's fantastic about Third Love? Every fit is not just perfect, it's comfortable and premium feeling. They have no strap slips, tagless labels, and lightweight, super thin memory foam cups. Just answer a few simple questions via Third Love's Fit Finder quiz to find your perfect fit in 60 seconds. I took their quiz,
1: and they changed my bra fit life. Turns out I'm an E-cup, not a double D, and now my bras fit better. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now, they're offering our listeners 15% off your first order. Just go to thirdlove.com slash book now to find your perfect fitting bra. And get
0: 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash book for 15% off today. We are back, and we have some more stories from you, our listeners, but first, a big pressing question that many of you wrote in with, like Nicole.
1: She says, can we acknowledge the class bias inherent in books like Orman's? You have to be pretty solidly middle class in order to be able to start saving for retirement, thinking about investments, etc. I'm a 42-year-old woman of color with a graduate degree who's barely making over 50K for the first time this year after 15 years of teaching and now in the nonprofit world. I cannot afford to buy a house, and I'm getting pretty freaked out about my retirement options. I found this book to be somewhat traumatizing and cause some extra anxiety around my future prospects.
0: Nicole and everybody else who wrote in with this question, thought, response, thank you. We really, yes. really appreciate it. And yes, I acknowledge planning for retirement is hard to do when you're living paycheck to paycheck or barely scraping by. At least it was for me, and as I mentioned in the episode, I don't come for money. For a good part of my adult life, I worked sixty hours a week, not because I'm a workaholic—I I, I, as much as I love to work—but Yeah. But because She's I needed lucky. to. <laughs> but because I needed to to pay the bills. It's a yeah. good thing I love to work so much because you worked all through school. i like had you're, to. You're a worker. Yeah, I am a worker, but I've also had to work. So I totally get it when there's these conversations about IRAs and Roth IRAs and. 401ks and all this. I get it. I get the stress of that. If you are somebody who is doing wage work or if you just aren't making enough money to even think about that, I get mm-hmm. it. But in the book's defense, and I apologize if we did not make this clear in the episode, a lot of the book is actually just, in my opinion, practical steps that apply to any class background. Mm-hmm. For example, thinking about what our anxieties were about money, Jolenta.
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel like I do feel dumb for not being like, obviously, like, this is easy to say as someone who has, like, a two-household income and, like, you know, finally has a real job and shit. But also, like, I could have used this book when I was living off of 20K a year, when I was, like, half working, half getting handouts from my family, when I was in high school. Like, this book could have helped me, I think— at any stage of my life. And it sort of bums me out that like talking about savings and financial planning is, is sort of like thought of as exclusively for those who are like doing so well, they don't even need to think about how they're going to like make rent. It's like, I guess we should be thinking about this all the time. And like, what if someday we had like systems in place that helped us do that?
0: Yeah. And I get it. The systems are not fair. Right. I the systems are set up butt, but. yeah, to be more beneficial for people who have full-time salaried jobs. The mm. systems are set up and, better like, don't for don't bear children. Yes. All that stuff,
1: you know. Yeah, so and many other things we could list.
0: Yes, but we do appreciate everybody who wrote in with that. Your point of view is completely valid. Totally. And we hope that you still understand why Jolanta and I got something out of it. If nothing else it helped us emotionally and logistically think about our money in a way that we need to at this point in our lives.
1: I mean, for me, like predominantly emotionally. (laughs) But it's always about emotions with me.
0: (laughs) That's why I love you. Yes. And that's why I love you because you're like, but what about practicality? (laughs) All right. Now, let's get into some tough money memories from listeners and the scars those memories have left behind. And warning, some sad stories are ahead. Rebecca has this to say. She says, We had a very sudden financial shift when I was about 11. We went from well off to food stamps and struggling. We became more frugal, and we all felt my mom's anxiety. She had never learned how to manage money. I remember being stunned when my mom suggested a splurge of us all going out to an ice cream shop, and my four-year-old brother said, Why don't we just get a carton of ice cream at the store to save money? At age four, he said that. We absorbed a lot of her anxiety, but sadly, we never really learned how to manage our own money. I still struggle, and when it comes to being timely, filling out paperwork and keeping up with payments and keeping track of bills, I feel an acute sense of panic, and I often let things go to the very end because it just feels so overwhelming.
1: I can't imagine what it would be like to feel sort of, like, responsible for your parents' spending when you're, like, a little kid or watching your siblings feel responsible.
0: Yeah. An 11- and 4-year-old. Yeah. I
1: know. Mm -hmm. Uh, Amanda had this story. My mom was never responsible with money. She bought whatever she wanted whenever. That often meant that bills weren't getting paid. Fast forward to my adult life, I also buy things when I want them and am awful with money. I always said I would never end up like my mom, but here I am. Oh, mm. that breaks my heart.
0: Amanda, you're not alone. A lot of people wrote it's in with very similar I stories. I mean, also,
1: it's not like it's like your mom's failing. I mean, yes, she failed you individually. But it's like our society is obsessed with stuff and consumerism. Like, it's not our fault for, like, buying into this, like, Toxic atmosphere.
0: Yeah. I mean it's a way that is socially reinforced as a way to self-soothe. Not yes, just exactly not like you just, deserve yeah, this candle. You deserve it. Yeah. Ugh. Leanne writes. I had a dad who would get obsessed with something and suddenly spend money on it. For a few years, it was working out, and we had weights and weight benches and powders and muscle magazines. Another year, it was Egyptology, and he meticulously painted a plaster bust of Tutankhamun. After that, he got into photography, then audio equipment, then classic cars. My dad's frivolous spending left us short on funds for bills, and my grandmother almost always paid for school trips and new clothes for my sister and I. I spent the first 14 years of my life in a two-bedroom apartment before where my parents borrowed $2,000 to make a down payment on a house that cost $36,000. Sigh. I am sadly following in their footsteps. You know what, Leanne? That is horrible and just like such a burden to have to live with. Your dad's Mm -hmm. buying one thing after another. But did you know there's actually a term for that? I did not. It's called a prosumer, and advertisers do prosumer Advertising, marketing, part of the same consumer culture that tells us to buy to self soothe. But it's something that especially is common in men mm. and is targeted at men. And you'll see it like in Playboy magazine or things like that. Like
1: they don't have feelings, so they get to buy more.
0: But the more you buy, the more you can feel smart, the more mm, you can feel like a collector, superior, the more you can feel yeah. like an expert. And so it's something that is especially or like you have sex appeal. Yes, yes. But the prosumer purchasing lifestyle is something that men are taught to do to a much higher extent than women, actually. Oh, my gosh. I have so
1: much to learn.
0: Prosumer.
1: Leah wrote to us and said, I was raised with the false idea that money was scarce in our home when it was not. And now having any sort of money makes me uncomfortable. So I overspend and I'm always broke. It's just where I feel comfortable.
0: Mm. That's interesting.
1: That's sort of – I feel like I identify with that as well, where I just – I don't, like, overspend necessarily, but I just keep myself in the dark because that's where I'm comfortable. It doesn't help me, but it's what I'm used to.
0: Yeah. And I alluded to this a little bit during the main episode for Financial Freedom, which was, you know, if I weren't with Dean, our household would just feel like a scarcity mindset all the time. It would always probably feel like there's nothing in our house. That's
1: definitely how you roll. Yeah.
0: And Dean definitely balances out because Dean's, like – You know what? Sometimes it's fun to spend money and sometimes we need to spend money. And I know you're going to use this tea bag 800 times, but. So, like, we can buy a new blanky blank that broke. Like. Yes, exactly. So he'll buy stuff that I would normally think, no, that's too extravagant. Like, I bought a desk so I could work.
1: Yeah. Or like, it's pouring rain and Brad is sick and I'm like, I'm getting us a car right now. We are not taking the subway home (laughs) and then walking 20 minutes because it's only running part of the way. And he'll be like, no, we can't. I was like, we never take cars. We're doing it.
0: Yeah. So the scarcity mindset, I mean, we've been talking a lot about people who were brought up in houses that actually are scarce, but there is also a problem with Mm -hmm. you have enough to take care of yourself. And you don't need to like punish yourself on top of it. Exactly. Exactly. On that note,
1: we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, listeners will share money lessons that they hope will help the rest of us. I hope it helps me. (laughs) Uh, And we will announce next week's book. So stay tuned.
0: Jolanta, you know that vitamin D shortage I have most of the year and especially all through the winter? Oh, yes, I do. Well, it's still haunting me now because we're still just in the early days of spring. And you know what I am so grateful for? What? Care of Vitamins.
1: That's right. Care of is a subscription service that makes it easy to get vitamins, protein powders, and more personalized just for you and delivered straight to your door. And in Creston's case, that's definitely going to include
0: some vitamin D. Care Of's fun online quiz asks you about your diet, health goals, and lifestyle choices, and it only takes five minutes to find out your personal, scientifically-backed recommendation for vitamins, protein powders, and more. And the quiz is new and improved now to determine
1: if you could benefit from Care Of's new natural protein powders. For 30% off your first Care-of order, go to TakeCareOf.com and enter code
0: buythebook 30 That's TakeCareOf.com, promo code buythebook 30 We're back, and we're going to share some money wisdom now from you, our listeners. We gathered all these tips from a thread on our Facebook community started by listener Ayula. Ayula, I- I'm sorry if we're mispronouncing your name, A-Y-O-O-L-A, and based on your picture, you're also super adorable. Adorable Ayula, <laughs> yep. Uh, so, Iola, thanks for setting up that thread. And reminder to other listeners, if you're not already part of the Facebook community, you can join by just clicking on the link in this episode description for this episode or any episode. It's true.
1: Let's start with this note we got from Elizabeth who says, You can turn off the ability to overdraft on your debit card. My younger self learned this the hard way.
0: Uh, I my current a- self learned this just now. <laughs> me too. What? I'm amazed. I had no idea. Elizabeth, this is the best tip. Elizabeth, you're blowing my mind. Wow. I wonder how many people knew that. Is it only us that didn't know that? Did everybody not know that?
1: Our producer Nora's laughing at us as though... Nora's like, I knew that, you dum-dums. No, no, now she's, she's not- saying, don't look at me.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know. what. I can't read lips.
0: <sighs> okay. Jill has this tip. Buying a house and life insurance is not always the best financial decision, even though societal expectations often prioritize these things, especially the house. Susie's book, Women and Money, walks you through scenarios in which to buy or rent and whether or not you need life insurance and if so, which type. Ah, More shout outs for Susie.
1: Love this. And more shout outs to just articles being written. To boomers by millennials about, like, shut up about houses.
0: Yes. It, th- they're not You guys ruined that be, for us. Yeah. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> Can we mention, since Susie came up here mm-hmm. also, Susie tweeted us back. Guys, we pooed our pants. We were freaking out. We were freaking out when Nora, our producer, our beloved producer, she tweeted out that we were living by the nine steps to financial freedom. And Susie wrote back, and we were freaking out. We were freaking out. She I'm said, too afraid to reply. So. She, she said we better do good by her. I think we did. I think so, too. I think
1: she'd be so proud of us. Susie, are you proud of me?
0: Susie, I hope you listened to that episode, and I hope you heard everything that we went through because of your book, and I hope you love us as much as we love you. We love you. We love you.
1: Uh, Here's uh, the next tip we got from Amy. Amy says, read the fine print of the college financial aid letter. Many schools package private loans or parental loans as part of the financial aid package. But these loans have almost zero underwriting standards, so they'll give them to people earning below the poverty line. If it isn't a scholarship, a Pell Grant, or a federal education loan, subsidized or unsubsidized, be very, very cautious about accepting it. Amy, that was such good advice, I felt like I was speaking another language when I read your letter.
0: (laughs) And student loan debt is... Insane. And I
1: really feel like they take this opportunity to like fuck people left and right because everyone needs a college education. Every college costs too much, and people are willing to do whatever it takes to like get their child a leg up. Look at the college admission scandal.
0: Yes. And I mean, frankly, so many of us going into college, um, who are first generation in particular, Mm. don't even know how these systems work.
1: Yeah. Like, I just, I can't.
0: Yeah. So they're trying to show things to people who don't know how the system works in the first place. It's not the rich people who are taking out the loans. Mm -mm. It's the people getting taken
1: advantage of by the Illuminati. You heard it here (laughs) first. I may be going on a tangent, but I could do it all day.
0: (laughs) Okay, I think we should move on to the magic moment that everybody is waiting for. The Illuminati cannot stop this. No, it is the time when we announce our next book. Our Our next next
1: book is... is...
0: The Body is Not an Apology. The Power of Radical Self-Love by Sonia Renee Taylor. If the body is not an apology, what is it? How powerful is radical self-love?
1: And is it more powerful than radical self-hate?
0: Listen next week to find out.
1: As always huge, huge thank you to our fabulous production team at Stitcher. We got Nora Ritchie. Our intrepid producer. Thank you to Casey Halford. And a very special thank you to Jared O'Connell for mixing today's episode. Thanks also to Nate Wida, who composed our theme song, and to the Rizzos who perform it.
0: Reminder, we also have a season of the show called By the Book, Authors Tell All, exclusively available on Stitcher Premium. It features interviews with some of the authors whose books we've lived by and some authors whose books we just think are awesome and who we love. Head on over to StitcherPremium.com and use the promo code BOOK for a free month. That's StitcherPremium.com promo code BOOK. We talked to Countess Luann, you guys. Yes! If you just
1: want to hear me be starstruck for half an hour, it's worth it. Also, just stay in touch with us. Let us know if you've read The Nine Steps to Financial Freedom. Send us any questions or suggestions for future books to live by. Just holler at us all the time. Our email address is kristinangelenta at gmail.com. You can also tweet at us at Jalenta G, at Kristen Meinzer, or at ByTheBookPod.
0: And we have a new phone number if you want to leave us a message. Please leave us a message. Please. We love hearing your be- beautiful he voices. Why does no one call us? I think that they don't know how much we love their beautiful voices. Just
1: instead of writing us a Facebook message call us and leave us the message and we can play it and not even have to read it
0: in our stupid voices or sing our name wrong. You can disguise your voice if you want to. You can talk like a cowboy. You can talk like a robot. You can talk like a mermaid. You can talk like a merman. Any of those things. You can talk like a baby. Yes. Our phone number is 302-492-6657. That also spells a word. It's 302-49-BOOKS. 302-49-BOOKS. Also, read us
1: and review us in Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever you listen. It helps people find our show. It helps us stay employed. It helps us spread the
0: love. And if you haven't already, spread the love to everybody you know. Your bosses, your friends, your banker, your financial planner, your accountant, the person who helps you with your taxes. All of those people should know about Buy the Book. Until next time, I'm Jalanta Greenberg. And I'm Kristen Meinzer. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.
1: Let's start with this little ditty. I need to stop saying little ditty. (laughs) Stitcher. Hey there, By the Book listeners. We want to tell you that there is a new season of With Special Guest Lauren Lapkus out now on Stitcher Premium. It's the only podcast where the guest is the host.
0: It's entirely improvised, and you never know who will show up. It's the host's show. Lauren's just along for the ride.
1: You can listen to With Special Guest Lauren Lapkus now and completely ad-free only on Stitcher Premium.
0: For a free month of Stitcher Premium, go to stitcherpremium.com and use promo code BOOK. That's stitcherpremium.com,
1: promo code BOOK. And don't forget to check out, buy the book, Authors Tell All, while you're there.